You are listening to Mark Hatmaker Rough and Tumble Raconteur. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration, let's call it hero worship, for these hosses of yore. Crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Today's sermon is combat conditioning and a question, are we training for weakness? Uh, now, this can be work for all of our physical training, and we can apply to that to make sure we would have structural integrity for any given sport. But obviously, our primary factor of focus, I presume, if you've got ears on this sort of podcast, we're talking about combat sports or we're talking about preparing for reality or survival. Now, this following cocktail will twin pleasingly with another offering we have called Face Under Pressure. That's F-A-C-E, Face Under Pressure. It's a PT combat and stress hack. Uh, You can probably listen to that podcast or have a look at the blog entry on it. But you don't have to have it, but it helps a whole lot as we start putting this picture together. All right, on to the topic at hand. Now, good grapplers know that good mat movement upright or horizontal is about excellent positioning for the aggressor and creating poor positioning for the defender. Good strikers know that to have good power is to have good posture and structural alignment in the midst of striking, and that to feint or bait poor alignment in the defender steals their power. Now, the wise combatateer trains assiduously for structural perfection, whether in motion or stock still. It's not merely a function of muscle, it's a function of positioning up and down the line, from head to toe, toe to head. Okay, I've said nothing uh, disagreeable or new to this point. I don't think. Maybe rookies are a little bit, oh, it's uh, you know, alignment. Yeah, it's mostly alignment. Now, veterans stay with me a week longer. So we use a thought experiment that needs to be taken to the real world to test what we have established so far. Yes, what preceded may be obvious, but even obvious hypotheses should be put to test to ensure what is obvious is also true. As more often we realize obvious is sometimes just legend, dogma, or myth. All right. We're going to try the overhead lockout test. For this hypothesis test, you'll require a partner and a barbell. Uh, load it with a weight approximately one-third the body weight of the partner. Have the partner clean and press it to the locked-out position overhead. And again, this is assuming your partner is uh, you know, physically fit and is used to maybe moving a few heavy things around. And by the way, don't really lock out in that overhead position. You're going to keep a quarter inch of muscle cushioning or muscle play between you and true skeletal lockout. The old-timers were scrupulous on, on this. Why? Well, ask the rheumatoid arthritic knees, elbows, hips, etc. Long-time full-out lockouters. All right, now once that weight is comfortably controlled overhead, stand behind your partner and slowly, slowly being the watchword, use the finger of one hand to push on the right side of your partner's head. So you're pushing the right side of the head as if you were going to make their left ear touch their left shoulder. This isn't going to happen, but this is the, the intent. This is the direction of travel. Do so until they say stop, or you can go full bore and the partner can pitch the weight forward to escape. That's assuming you're using bumper plates and have a safe drop zone. This slow taking the head out of spinal alignment alters structural integrity and reduces the ability to perform the lockout to full strength. Now we could repeat the single finger push on the left side of the head or a push on the back of the head moving the head to the fore or we could pull on the foreheads or the chin raises. I mean all this will result in less stability, less ability to handle the locked out load. If we were to skip being gentle and shove the head with any alacrity, the drop would be exceptionally dramatic and dangerous. Our experiment demonstrates that strength is more than a function of muscle, tendon, and ligament. It's also a function of alignment. Now, this is just in the lockout test. We can do this up and down the line. We can take a bench press. We can start altering alignment uh, in different portions of the body. Same thing with a squat. We can take things out of alignment. We're going to cause injury, which I, we don't want to do. Or we can definitely change the ability that someone can handle that late. 
um, handle that way. Same thing's happening in combat. When we take it to combat, we're trying to make sure we're taking things out of alignment to reduce the power that the person able to use with their strikes, with their submissions, their movement. Now, the lockout test proves the ability to handle and control a given load. The shove, uh, we, we can do the test. That, that's proof right there. I've got the strength to do this. I can hold this weight overhead. The small shove proves that alignment plays a large part of what we do in most all performance. Alignment is key from locking out a weight to sitting in a chair to, to, to anything. The single finger did nothing to alter the strength of the muscle. We didn't do that. We didn't you know, pull out any sort of protein molecules in there. It did nothing to change the muscle. It merely altered a corresponding vital factor. Again, that structural integrity. Now, I'm going to, you know, a little bit of a carnival barker here. You see Unleaded Volume 1, The Pliant Physique, uh, which is available in our black box store. For more details on the small habits of motion, motion leading to impediment and even uh, injury concepts. So keep in mind, again, listen to the podcast on an, an astronauts, NASA, and sleep. It's a two minutes in a single position can result in a tissue change. Even if it's a short-term tissue change, there is tissue change there. So these small habits are these small habits of misalignment or if we're wanting to be proper, having good alignment. Uh, almost everything we do can be to our benefit or our detriment, even non-training motions. But of course, here we're talking about training motions here, specifically the combat uh, combat training. Now, let's get back to uh, uh, our, our lockout and our alignments. Let's take it to the combat now. The good grappler mitigates the power of that whom he desires to crush by altering an alignment in the same way as we stole strength in the lockout test. We use a deliberately placed elbow pride to steal resistance to that top wrist lock. And we alter the orientation of the radius and ulna to eat that strength of the arm stronger than ours. We pronate the foot to make lock in the powerful leg a literal snap, etc. It's all about changing alignment. We just don't rush in willingly. The, the greenhorns and beginners see submissions as uh, just merely tools and jump in on them and try and you know muscle them through whenever you really get deeper into the game you're realizing if i alter the uh the structural integrity here this is this is this is how this is how this works this is the mechanism behind it submissions are more than cool moves when performed scientifically they're exercises in destructive structural realignment now in striking, particularly to the old-timers and those who desire to save the fist in the street, the incessant probes of the head are less about the intent to meet bone-on-bone bone than to inspire head movement that steals power from the opponent's strike and opens the way to soft targets. So we make sure we're clear on that. Boxing gloves are when they first began being called mufflers. Yes, they were used to uh, protect the hands and uh, you know protect the is primarily protect the hands, and you could hit the head. But that's uh, in a sporting context. Whenever uh, you're going bare knuckle or you're trying to save yourself, you're trying to make that head move to steal the power. And it's for this very reason that head movement in striking arts is a misnomer. It is rather upper body movement with the head a structurally locked uh, section of the rest of the torso and case spinal column. Head movement only steals power and balance. If you're only moving that head, that's, that's going to weaken you. Whereas upper body movement that takes the head with it, well, now you're talking. Now, there is a wealth of unusual but mighty, mighty useful material on the shotgun strengthening aspect of the spinal extension. We'll be covering that in an upcoming volume of the uh, of Unleaded. Uh, there's scrupulous and unusual exercises for the neck and the traps and everything. I mean, there's, uh, there's a school of thought amongst, obviously, with boxers and uh, wrestlers, you would make sense. You see all these bridging actions, but there's more, far more exercise than these bridging. Matter of fact, some of the old guys didn't like bridging at all. Some, of course, loved it. It's in there. And then uh, there's an argument made that uh, one of the American martial arts would be football. There's so much in there to be said. you got to have strong neck and traps because the head in itself is a weapon. But again, uh, an unleaded volume will cover all these shotgun extensions, strengthening the grip, the hands, the forearms, the, cal- uh, the calves, the resistance to toeholds. Okay, now let's allow me to repeat the title of today's sermon. It's Combat Conditioning 
are you training for weakness? Now, we are not asking if you're drilling your combat tactics correctly. We're going to assume that today. We're going to presume you're just hunky-dory and perfect there. What we're asking is if it's your conditioning, your support exercises are weak in your combat tactics. Now, keep all we've discussed regarding the value of alignment in mind, and then peruse the following questions below. Pay attention to these. Uh, let's say while you're doing your push-ups, do you dip your head, twist your head, wag it from side to side? I mean, particularly in that, those last painful reps where you squeeze out uh, one more. You know what I'm talking about, all that head wagging to get that one more. Come on, man, you can do it. And we get the head as if the head was really firing it up. Now, we're usually stealing our power if we do that. Do you tug on your head whenever you're doing sit-ups or crunches or still uh, seal-style flutter kicks? Or do you lean that head side to side while cranking out reps on those heavy hammer curls? Or you, do you lift that chin on, on pull-ups, you know, cheat it over the bar when you really didn't get up there. Uh, do you allow your head to sag down on the down portion of a burpee? Do you twist or rock the head while under a heavy bench load? In short, do you break any head neck alignment when performing any, 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 any conditioning exercise or drill? Now, th again, think about how we can steal power from the lockout test. You're also stealing power here. Likely, the special forces dictum of how you train is how you will fight is to the fore of your mind more often than not. And if it ain't, it, sh it should be. Often, though, we get a bit slippery about being scrupulous with our mechanics when what we do does not resemble the fight itself. That is, we, if we're wise, we're paying close attention to our, our tactical work and our drills. And then when we get to the conditioning, we should be as well, but we have to admit we probably stand down, back off a little bit about being scrupulous here. When this is an unfortunate, as I presume we're engaging in conditioning activities to better our combat game, our survival chances. And if we choose to steal our own power while we train... What exactly do you think will happen under combat stresses when we require all this sought for power? Will we get under stress and strain if we have to wag our head around and we think we have to wag our head around and you know pump up these push-ups whenever we're trying to do something and someone else is resisting against us and we're wagging our head around, stealing our power while someone else is also probably trying to steal the power on top of it, we're working against ourselves. Remember, how you train is how you will fight. Old school boxers, wrestlers, combination fighters, physical cultures from, from, uh, from Eugene Sand to Arthur Jones all stressed proper alignment and scrupulous head position. Now, there is a side note here, kind of an I before E except after C row. There are a precious few exercises where the old timers not only permitted but mandated altering head position. These are rare circumstances where altering head position actually increase your power. Now, we'll cover these anomalies in the unleaded volumes. I want to give away that candy here. Let's leave that for the black box subscribers. Anyway, back to our topic. The wise fighter seeks to steal power and alignment from opponents and preserve power and increase power in their own endeavors, even endeavors that in no way resembles the fight. Just maybe these stresses under load moments and a few minor corrections can spell a large difference in your own demonstration of power. Again, I, I, I can't stress enough that this, in conjunction with the face under pressure offering, put these together, uh, starts revealing a larger picture of how the devil is in the details aspect of old school combat conditioning uh, that we're doing with both the unleaded volumes and the uh, black box volumes. And it's, it's in the weeds where you're going to find most of the material, but I think I wager so far, even if you don't follow that particular protocol, you can start looking at your own training protocol and go, hmm, yeah, maybe I am cheating here. And if you're not cheating, well, good on you. That's how it's supposed to be done. All right, train hard. Take care of yourself, crew. Well, if you dig what we just discussed today, uh, I'd like to invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast. Hell, support it if you want. I'm not your dad. Do what you want. And if you're a glutton for punishment, uh, just visit our website, extremeselfprotection.com. You'll find links to the blog, all of our products, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages of like musics.